Welcome to Anarchists and Androids. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, Parenthesis I. Ah, hello, everyone. So, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> oh, yeah, today we'll talk about the very last thing of the Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. And then also, since it's the last thing of Phase 4, we can talk about Phase 4, the MCU in general. I, there's a lot of interesting things that happened in phase four. I was into it. I think the problem with with uh, the with with guardian doing the guardians of the galaxy one we're doing and doing all, all the phase four at once is there's a like how we've been talking about andor and she hulk and stuff kind of all like that focusing on it. We're able to focus in on specific issues in there. And it's kind of doing a quick overview. There's a, there's a lot to be said. I feel I'm going to lose. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Phase 4, when I look at the list, uh, and maybe it would make sense for me to read the list of all that's included in it, but it's like pretty big, it's probably bigger than all the other phases previously. There was so let's start with with uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Oh yeah, because it's I feel like it's so easy to talk about Phase Four, but <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special there wasn't as much to talk about, but it did kind of strike me. It reminded me of um, the Book of Boba Fett in the sense that <laughs> I could say the Book of Boba Fett would be like uh, the Mandalorian season two point five. <laughs> and so similarly, I would say the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two point five. You know, in between the uh, the second and the third movie. Yeah, and it's it, it's just as kind of a it's kind of a little quick sketch. It's just a silly thing. Yeah, uh, but it that, does have like a big reveal at the very end that seems to will be, will be carried over into the movie. Yeah, I think the big reveal is interesting, and 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 they then that is very uh, Star Wars of it all. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So I guess it's spoiler alert, of course, for anyone listening. But no, it's the whole like sister thing, right? You have a sister that you didn't know that's actually right there with you. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like, and and I had a feeling like watching the first two Guardians of the Galaxy is like this is like the modern Star Wars. This is great. He's doing something awesome here, and I feel feel he very much leaned into that this time, and. Uh, I'm real excited to see the third movie. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, with m the music part, like because all the Guardians of the Galaxy's movies have like lots of music emphasis on the soundtrack and this is all christmas songs and that's how we get kevin bacon in because we have the dance off just like in footloose was it footloose oh. was that the movie yeah oh god and i gotta say i've never seen footloose no <laughs> you're not but, you're not missing much. I've never, i don't yeah. know if i've watched it all the way through but i've watched enough of it to tell you they're not missing much <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah yeah kevin bacon's definitely like prominent in this uh holiday special which is kind of <laughs> cool because they talk about him i think in the previous two movies so now you have the real Kevin Bacon. So Kevin Bacon is finally officially in the Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's fun. It's funny. It's cute. At the end, when he's like playing his guitar and singing, I got the impression that they were like, hey, Kevin Bacon, you want to come on here? You can sing on your guitar. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> oh, now, one political thing. Yeah, since we want to bring politics into this, right? It's a... They they go in and they like abduct Kevin Bacon from his home and he's a rich guy and so they break into this rich house and it totally reminded me of the Paul Pelosi incident. Oh you know? yeah, <laughs> you know, and like crazy people breaking into a rich person's home to kidnap him. I didn't even think of that. It didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, they, there was a. Uh... I appreciate that they're pretty like you know antagonistic towards the police and everything like us like that in the, yeah. <laughs> in the MCU for the most part. Yeah, but I guess, and 
gosh, yeah, there's not really much political stuff at all in the Guardians of the Galaxy. And and but that's kind of the thing though, like like Marvel movies and shows do have some sort of ethic and political thing they do push. It's very imperialistic. That is mm -hmm. an overlying theme like that. But uh, trying to keep it as light as possible, you know, and, and framing these things in that. It's a comic book. Yeah. You know, I read these things when I was a kid. If you read some older comic books, they're not that serious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so did they imply, though, in the holiday special here, like that Star-Lord is like running that place that they decorate with all the Christmas lights? Like he's like the leader or the boss or... I guess it's it's what is it what is that place called again? Is it's that the nowhere? Celestial's head? It's the Celestial's head that they've so they've set up shop in. I think okay. it is nowhere. Yeah, but it's the it's the dome of a Celestial, and I guess they've purchased it from the what's his name that was there? Benicio del Toro played him. Oh, uh, the collector. The, yeah. yeah, the collector. So they purchased it, I guess, from the collector. So they kind of run in the joint because they now own what the collector had. So huh. that's so I guess that's where we'll start off. Oh, yeah, with volume three. And we got a glimpse of them in between movies, too. Like, we got to see them in Lo Thor, Love, and Thunder to see what they're up to. Oh, we got yeah. to see them in the two Infinity War movies as well, that kind of after that second movie. So going into the third, there's a lot that's happened. That's like six movies there. You got the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Three of them on the road, though. Oh, and then they also have Cosmo, the talking Soviet dog. <laughs> yeah, I this. appreciate that. It's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Was that like a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic books? I don't recall. You know, here's the thing. I only read a few of the old ones. I read the new Rebirth re that this is based on later on down the road on digital comics. When I started reading digital comics again. There's a lot of differences I could point out from what the comics were, but, you know, it is what it is. I... I don't know. I don't, the Cosmo. I see that, and I'm like, I know I've seen that somewhere, but I I, I didn't bother to look it up. <laughs> oh yeah. The one that I do know is uh, what's his name? Not Groot. Uh, Drax. Apparently, Batista had spoke out at some point in time about not wanting to run around with his shirt off all the time. Oh and yeah. I noticed that. <laughs> Finally, Drax is wearing shirts in the holiday special. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense, yeah, because, like, dealing with all this wintertime weather, you don't want to go shirtless. <laughs> yeah, apparently he said he didn't want to run around with his shirt off all the time. He wanted to start wearing shirts, so Drax now wears shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to do, like, the bodybuilding workout mm -hmm. stuff all the time. It's, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. on your body after a while. He's getting up there in age. I can understand. Oh. It makes sense. <laughs> it's like yeah. You can still be healthy and not have yourself to that point where you're constantly looking that super cut, too. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, yeah, the, the switching then to the phase four review. <laughs> all yeah. right. Yeah, I, I could, like, read out here that what I have the list uh, of all the different movies and TV shows here. So, yeah, beginning with the uh, movies, uh, starting last year, 2021, you have yeah, Black Widow, and then Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, then the Eternals, then Spider-Man No Way Home, then uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, then Thor Love and Thunder, and then Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And then with the TV series, you have WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Loki Season 1. What if season one, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, 
And then you have two TV specials on top of that. Uh, Werewolf by Night and what we were just talking about, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, that's got to be the biggest fate, the biggest thing. How many movies was that on its own? Was that like... Oh, with eight? just the movies. Let's see. Oh, that's seven movies. Seven movies in the last And eight TV years. shows and two specials. <laughs> wow, that's almost 20 things added to the list of like Marvel lore in the, in the cinematic yeah. universe this last couple of years. That's a lot. I think the TV show has pushed it over, but um, the movies, there were a few that were notable to me that I really liked. And when it came to political stuff, there are a few that stood out to me as well. Specifically, uh, of course, not the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, that man. had some extremely political undertones to it that I, I some of them I appreciated. Some of them... Oh, the flag smashers, yeah, yeah, with the yeah. flag smashers and all. Yeah. Some I'd like to take and analyze and say, "Hey, what's being said here? How are we approaching this?" Yeah. Um, because that's that that Falcon and Winter Soldier had some interesting, positive things going on with it. Um, and the story with Sam was good, and I'm excited to see him as the new Captain America. But there's some things there to talk about in those shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Out of all that, like, probably, yeah, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier would be the most political, like overtly political, where they talk politics and stuff and have a political speech, even. And yeah. the introduction of bringing U.S. agent into it was interesting because it kind of takes a stance pointing out like U.S. imperialism, old ways over the seas and stuff like that. You have that savage moment where he's. He's beating up the bad guy with his the Captain America shield covered in blood on like yeah, everybody's phone. and kills him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they have it on camera. Yeah, so like, was... there's definitely something being said there. I'd say that some of the things are a little wishy wash at times. Like, oh, that's bad. That's a bad take. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. there's like, oh well, I appreciate what they're doing there. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier is probably one that I would like to, I, I think at some point in time, I wouldn't mind us trying to go back and just doing Falcon and the Winter Soldier episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a weird, you could say like the Flag Smashers and was it Carly Morgenthau? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're like the most like anarchist kind of group or ideology, you know, in the MCU. But it, but it's kind of similar to like, uh, was it uh, in, in, Andor? Gosh, I, I'm the Saw Guerrero? Yes, Aguero, yeah. The same kind of anarchism as him in the sense that it's like really undefined and kind of vague and as close yes. as you're going to get with Disney products. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're I think you're about right when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting seeing this stuff on TV and seeing some of these topics being touched on, especially in a superhero series. Yeah. So for that reason, that's one I'd like to look at even more in the future. There were ones that I loved that a lot of people didn't like, and there were a th- few things, missteps in Phase 4 that I was a little disappointed with. <laughs> oh, I think there is yeah, one that you loved that I, I didn't like. And actually, I wasn't even able to watch the whole thing. The uh, Werewolf by Night. Oh, uh, you didn't like Werewolf by Night? Yeah, that's the only one that I didn't watch the whole oh. way through because I tried watching it, but I just couldn't get it and this didn't connect and I just turned it off eventually. I liked it. I thought it was a neat little a neat little thing. It was kind of out of left field too. It was kind of different from everything else. I, I appreciated it. We got the man thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, okay. So I didn't know that. <laughs> but, but it was all like Halloween themed and like, I don't really yeah. care for Halloween. <laughs> oh, no, Halloween is great. <laughs> well, also, it's like my birthday is around that time, too. So it's kind of like, ah, oh, Halloween is ruining the whole thing. Oh, they gave me another pumpkin again. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's giving me pumpkins. Yeah. 
Oh, but, but uh, so out of all the movies on that list, there, I would say my favorite movie would be the Spider Man No Way Home, which is probably great. the case for many people, <laughs> maybe most people, because of all the, the old Spider Mans from the other universes, they found ways for them to come in. Yeah, it was it was great. It was good. They did. There were things in there I was not expecting. They got me tearing up in the movie theater and everything else. Oh, Spider Man No or Far From Home or No Way Home is one of the yeah. better ones. Oh I, yeah, <laughs> and it was one of those experiences in the movie theater where, like, the audience of the theater were like clapping and stuff when the other Spider Man would come in. Yeah, yeah, and I people were excited to see it. I was excited. I geeked out when I saw it happen. I love, and that leads us to another thing: is a discussion about the multiverse, which we oh, first yeah. see. I think it was Loki was the first one to bring up the multiverse. Yeah, and that it, was my favorite out of all the the shows here for this uh, phase four. Was Loki? It, yeah, Loki, yeah. And, you know, bringing like how a big, you know, galactic government bureaucracy is kind of managing <laughs> the multiverse with the, yeah, it, the, is it, what do they call it? The, not the IPA or what do they call it? Oh, was it, it was not, the, it's not like a celestial intervention agency or something. Yeah. Like that, is it? I don't remember. Yeah. With Owen Wilson and stuff behind it. Yeah. This, so and it's, it's, it's good. I, it's fun. And I like the bureaucratic, like, like, uh, a little world they create there. It's very much, I think this has been brought up before, it's very much like Brazil in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the aesthetic behind it. And that's kind of like the what I was getting the vibe off of that. It introduced Kang, but it introduced Kang yeah. as another variant of Kang as one of his earlier, and I can't remember what the name of that one, the one was that wore the yellow cloak off the top of my head, but because oh. Kang himself is, is a time traveler and everything, and there's lots of variations and multiverse versions of Kang that exist in the comic books. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think in a way, like I would say, like if it wasn't for the end of the, the that season one of WandaVision, uh, I would have had WandaVision as my favorite series for the phase four. Oh, I love it. Yeah, because I love like how that sh uh, series uh, began, you know, with like all the the homage to the different eras of television. Like, leave it, be leave it to Beaver and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but then the end of that uh, season, it just kind of went off that track and became like standard MCU thing with like villains and powers <laughs> and lightning bolts from your hands and all that. Yeah, and yeah, and that that that, that lost my interest. It, like, oh. The novelty wore <laughs> off because of that. I yeah. love that. I love that. And there was a book that it reminded me of. Now the elements were definitely uh scarlet witch's elements that she had in some of her storylines but there was also another one with vision called the visions where vision settled away in a little family he built his robot family oh I think a robot be, family. yeah i think it would be cool to see a, a a next season of the visions where vision has got his robot family yeah. <laughs> he was working with the pentagon or something involved with the uh avengers you get very oh. political and interesting with something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I would say then the uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, that's kind of like WandaVision season two or or the sequel, you know, for that yeah. season one. And I think that kind of ruined it in, in a way, like, because like <laughs> yeah, with season one, you have like uh, Wanda Maximoff as this really sympathetic character and you can see how she's traumatized in so many different ways, all these different loved ones that were taken from her. And so you really feel for her and stuff. And then when you have her in the movie, she's just like a standard crazy bad guy. And that's that's what I love about it. Because 
I got to see the Scarlet Witch as the standard crazy bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. comics, and we built up to it. We had a little backstory. How does Scarlet yeah. Witch become the bad guy, who's also sometimes a good guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They did well with that. <laughs> yeah. And in a way, there was an element of realism for that, too, because you don't always have, like, growth in some, like, linear direction. You're just mm-hmm. constantly improving. Sometimes people, like, relapse, and they, you know... Yeah. They fall off the wagon. They yeah, like all the progress they make is like negated by some you know f- fuck up of some kind, and that's what happened. Yeah, with the movie, you could say. Yeah, and I like that about like the MCU is they do have some care a lot of characters in the comics that are like I've talked about that good and evil type of thing that dichotomy that we keep on trying to impose on things but the reality is a lot more complicated <laughs> oh yeah oh and then so like one thing yeah i can't claim credit for it but some youtuber i came across like that would analyze the uh, phase four like as one thread that runs through the whole thing is about identity you know different characters in different ways like struggling with their identity of like who am i where am I in the world? What what am I supposed to be doing and stuff? You know, who are my people? You know, what is my my group I'm a part of? Yeah, just like questioning identity. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that until you until you just pointed that out. I could see that yeah. running through most of the stuff. Um, Miss Marvel. I liked Miss Marvel a lot. I Miss Marvel's another one of those ones that I was reading. Uh, in the digital comics later on, I first sold my comics off. So yeah. I was reading those Miss Marvels and I thought she was great. She reminds me of classic Spider-Man in so many ways. You got the whole little family thing going on and she's going to high school. And it just reminds it's like, oh, this is a modern take on Spidey. And I think she's a great, unique character that's really fun in that respect. I was nervous at first that they changed her powers. Yeah. Um. I was nervous about that, but I appreciate what they did with it. It was interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> oh, and she could be uh, viewed as like a mutant, maybe the first mutant in the MCU. Well, I think in the in the comics she was an Inhuman. So, but I think that they're changing a lot of that stuff because they tried to go the Inhuman route before they had the X Men rights, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then they uh, now I think they're trying to go mutant route in the future. So I don't know if the Inhumans are just going to vanish after the failed series it didn't seem to thrive well <laughs> yeah oh you could say then the the phase four is setting the stage for the entry of the mutants into the mcu you know because right. you have yeah. kamala khan and namor and then you have professor x showed up in the dr strange movie oh yeah yeah i almost forgot about that and and here's i i'm, I'm gonna say something i've got a lot of opinions about casting in superhero movies <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got a lot of opinions about casting in superhero movies, and there's oh, yeah. one cast I do not want to see in the Fantastic Four movie is that John Krasinski. I don't want to see him as a Reed. I don't. I think it's a terrible idea and a bad fit. Yeah. Uh, I definitely have a Reed Richards. I picture in my head, and, and he he can't do it. He's too he's too good old. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Reed. Um. So, anyways, but they we got it in that. Doctor Strange, but you notice they killed off the Black Bolt from the Inhumans that I don't think we're going forward with. Oh, and I think that was played by Anson Mount, wasn't it? Who plays Captain Pike in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I don't know what his name is, but I do know he was the guy that played him in the TV series of the Inhumans that didn't do well. Oh, well, I didn't even know there was a TV series. Yeah, there was a TV (laughs) series of the Inhumans, and you can probably find, you could find it on Disney Plus when they first start. I don't know if it's still there or not. But there's an Inhumans TV series they put out. It's pretty um, 
it, well, it didn't live up to expectations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So and sounds, he was the he was blackballed in it. <laughs> wow, yeah. It sounds like yeah, there's a bunch of like old TV sh- series like the like the Agents of Shield, for example. Yes, it came out Marvel around had. with those. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's kind of like all that stuff is like the Star Wars extended universe where like it's kind of like no longer canon and they can selectively choose what will be canon, like the Daredevil series, for example. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're approached. I kind of hope they just don't make too much of a fuss over canon like there's no reason we need to like go here and try to get in-depth explaining why you know whoever played whoever in the netflix series and they didn't play that character in the mcu you know oh yeah yeah because uh, and then you have like stuff like she hulk when like she's like talking and interacting with the viewer like how much of that is actually canon or not oh that's that's all i'm sure that's all canon. i think she hulk's great (laughs) yeah 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 but, but like, the, how would you explain like her like interacting with like uh, the viewer and going into the Disney Plus? Oh, that's screen. easy. Yeah, that's yeah. easy. It's it's a TV show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have to like really analyze it and take it apart. How does it work? Because <laughs> it's a TV show. <laughs> that's how yeah. it, it realizes that it is a TV show and it is not real. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like more of a participatory attitude where. It, by going into the Disney Plus like menu screen, that means I like all that. of us, we're all in the canon. You know, we're all a part of that universe. <laughs> yeah, we were just cast as the people who are sitting in our living rooms watching it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is no longer fiction. It is now. It, it is now nonfiction since we are a part of it, and it realizes yeah. that it is fiction. <laughs> Anyways, but, but yeah, I mean, there was like uh, like lots of stuff especially like with eternals for example you know uh, stuff that talks about like the whole nature of the universe and like the history of everything is kind of addressed with the phase four yeah then the eternals was an interesting one i really liked the eternals i thought she did a cool job i watched that other movie she put out um about the woman who was kind of like a modern uh, migratory oh. work. work oh, uh, Nomadland. Yeah, Nomadland's yeah. in her camper, and she was working at Amazon certain seasons. It was really good. Uh, I saw, I saw that it was a, definitely could tell watching the two movies is the same. Like her eye, her vision, yeah. vis- visually, and everything is there. And, and they I both seem to be good. filmed in like South Dakota or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've not been to South Dakota, I don't believe. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. I mean, I just been across the border from Minnesota to South Dakota. I didn't go deep into the state, but yeah. I'm gonna have to go check out South Dakota. We're gonna have to make a make a make a trek there. Oh yeah. I guess there's like Mount Rushmore, but I don't know what this is. Mount Rushmore there? Yeah, that, that's like the big claim to fame for South Dakota. Yeah, I definitely have to go. Definitely have to go. Do something. Make do something. Make me irreverent in front of Mount Rushmore or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so I, I want to talk about. Well, here's the thing. Most of Phase Four, and I haven't even said this. I think my biggest point with Phase Four is I'm just an old time comic geek kid that grew up, and there was looking at Phase Four overall. I just see a lot of points where I was like, "Oh, cool! I've always wanted to see that on a movie yeah. since I was a kid." There's a lot of that right. going on. Um, and I really loved Love and Thunder when that one was out. I know a lot of people did not like it so much. Oh, I fell asleep during that one (laughs) (laughs) because, like, I worked an overnight shift the night before, and so, like, and then I went in. It was summertime, and it was like all dark, and like the air conditioner was like so cozy, and so like I just like melted into my seat. (laughs) But 
I still think I was able to follow the movies. <laughs> I think that everybody by this point in time knows that seen it that Love and Thunder are Thor and uh, Gore the God Butcher's daughter, as that's who Love and Thunder is. Like they are Love and Thunder. I would like to see a Love and Thunder. Like like they do this did the special with uh with Werewolf by Night or the holiday special. I would like to see a little annual Love and Thunder special, like Love Captain America Love and Thunder, where Thor and her go fight with Captain America for 45 minutes and stuff like that. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a also like a bunch of people from like the young Avengers, like characters from that were introduced oh. in different places throughout like the phase four. Well, there's a lot of the young, the younger characters from that. There was that the Young Avengers, and there was another, uh, or, like superhero group that they formed too. With a oh lot yeah, of like the evil, evil kind of bad people that USA agent will be part of. Oh yeah, we got the Thunderbolt, the Thunderbolts as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, like there's a couple different ways we can go here. You got potentials for some kind of Young Avengers stuff coming out because we've been introducing them. You got Kate Bishop being Hawkeye's yeah. replacement. You've got uh, Love and Thunder. <laughs> yes. You've got um, who else did you have? Oh, America! Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't forget America. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. Agent. I think I'm excited to see what they do with U.S. Agent and the Thunderbolts because it's taking the idea. Like after seeing Namor and Wakanda Forever and what they did there. And looking at the CIA as kind of a villainous force, I think yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do with the Thunderbolts. Because the Thunderbolts yeah. comic was, these are the bad guys as the good guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the whole idea. Wow. So that's like, yeah. So they're really kind of, Space 4 laying the groundwork for a lot of different things. You know, you have like the mutants and the young Avengers and the Thunderbolts and the, the multiverse stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to talk about my least, my least, my biggest disappointment. I'm not gonna say I dislike it. I was disappointed. Oh, I'm looking at the list. Let's see if I can like <laughs> guess which one it is. It was one that I so I had the first two runs of this comic book from like the 80s and the 90s uh, of every single issue of it because they had two different ones that came out for two different runs in those eras, and then there were later runs, of course. And that's Moon Knight. I like Moon Knight, oh. but I'm really into old Moon Knight. Yeah. And they changed something about Moon Knight in the comics, which isn't terrible, but it's not the Moon Knight that I grew up reading. The old Moon Knight always had the different disguises, and somewhere along the lines, those disguises became split personalities. But when he had the different disguises, he had all these people he was, and he had this nice little cast of quirky people who helped him solve his mysteries, almost like a Scooby-Doo gang. And I was hoping to see that in the movie more so than what they gave me. <laughs> Uh, yeah i don't know there's something about yeah moon Knight, i really like that show like especially the way they show the dissociative identity disorder where mm -hmm. like he'd black out and not know what happened yeah and he'd, he'd come to and he has like a gun in his hand he's like, what the hell is going on <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad i was disappointed i didn't get my friendly neighborhood scooby-doo version of moon Knight from the comics <laughs> yeah the early stuff and that was i think that was it and but i thought it was neat and we I, we followed it and watched it um, I'm hoping that I get some of those characters in the future because there's some cool characters in there to go forward with Moon Knight and do a lot with mm -hmm. him. But I don't know if they're going to go that route. Yeah. Oh, So is it confirmed that they're going to have a season two of Moon Knight? I couldn't tell you that. I yeah. couldn't tell you that. I do not know. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But I would say as far as like this Christmas holiday theme kind of stuff, like uh, I 
actually enjoy appreciate the Hawkeye series more in that regard than the holiday special for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, why is that? Yeah, well, I guess the way they do it's like really engaging because, like, for one, yeah, you have of course Kingpin and stuff, yes. <laughs> and then like also like the dealing with like disability and like going deaf oh, and yes. stuff and having like yeah using the American Sign Language and all that. And and Kate Bishop, uh, like I really like that Kate Bishop character and stuff. Yeah, I liked that. I, I thought they did real good with Hawkeye. I was not, I've never been a big Hawkeye fan and I've never been a big Jeremy Reiner fan, but I really appreciate the Hawkeye series. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, and I like what they're doing, especially with Kate Bishop and everything like you pointed out. And I was excited to get to see Echo and Kingpin. When those, when David Mack was doing those comics where they introduced Echo as a character, I was I was reading that comic religiously for years by that point, and I was picking up every ep- issue as it happened. And let me tell you, if you did not experience those comics as they came out, I, I'm I'm sad for you because when you sit down <laughs> and read them, once you got to this whole point, they built up this whole story, and then like halfway through, he uh, Echo's got Daredevil to the ground with a gun to the back of his head. After you found out they loved each other and you had this beautiful, you know. So at the end, that's how the issue ended. And you're like on the edge of your seat after reading this great comic. And then it's like six months later, another episode comes out. So you're like, no, (laughs) another issue came out. And then when they dropped that issue, it was like a filler issue done by someone else. Like the memories of Daredevil, like, no, (laughs) completely unrelated. (laughs) What's going to happen to Daredevil and Echo? What's going to happen? Then that final one finally dropped. And I tell you, that was one of my most fondest memories of reading comics <laughs> that yeah, was like huh? i was into it when those were coming out that era of daredevil got really good again when uh, they did all that marvel nice but anyways <laughs> oh yeah no i think like speaking of like <clears throat> like the way they and wrap up that story they had the that one episode of the hawkeye when they reveal like the introduction of Kingpin and the, yes. it was at the very end of the episode. And then they played that Mr. Grinch song and it was perfect. <laughs> I just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and Vincent D'Onofrio is brilliant as the Kingpin. I love it. I'm glad that I guess we're going to get to see him back in yeah. a new series. I, I, I could go on about the wanting to see the Daredevil new series all day long. Yeah. I got, <laughs> yeah. I got Daredevil tattooed on my body. <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> yeah. I love Mr. Daredevil. Now, what other ones do we need to touch on today? Because we're like, we're going to, I think at some point in time, we'll probably want to maybe want to sit down and look at individual ones on for full episodes, because there's a lot to touch on in the phase four alone. Yeah, let's see. Individual ones we haven't, oh, what if we haven't talked about? Uh, What if was interesting, and I feel that it added to some of the multiverse stuff. You know how I am with the Coast cartoons, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's the one animated one. I watched it. I watched it. I liked the stuff they put in there. It was, it had something. I'm not big on Marvel zombies. Oh, yeah. The zombie thing doesn't, doesn't do it for me, especially with superheroes anymore. Like, I'm kind of overdone with zombies and Marvel zombies. I'm not thrilled with. (laughs) I liked seeing Doctor Strange as one in the Strange movie, though. (laughs) Yeah. And then we haven't talked about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I've actually seen that twice now. <laughs> I, I, I did. I think I have seen that twice as well. Oh, no, I think I've seen it more than twice because, yeah, I've seen this. I think I saw it twice in the theater and then it's been on uh-huh. uh, Disney Plus. Shang-Chi was good. Um, it was interesting that the abomination thing that happened in there continued on to She-Hulk. That kind of exactly. took me for a spin. Yeah, <laughs> because when I watched it the second time, I realized he had the same setting and stuff for the She-Hulk. 
So they definitely were like had the eye towards the continuity. Yeah, so that happened. Um, I don't know if they did that retroactively or if they were. <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I like for one, like Shang-Chi, the, you know, having part of it take place in Macau, China, yes. which is like I've spent time there in Macau. So it's like, oh, my God, I recognize that. <laughs> yeah. And then they had Ronnie Chang, you know, uh, that comedian. He was there in Macau running that underground fight club and and Aquafina, yeah. too. I love Aquafina and her show, the Norfa Queens. I think that. I think that I'm I want I'm not sure what direction they're going with him in the Ten Rings. I, I'm curious what's what this is gonna be like in the overall Marvel universe because I feel like they're getting at there's gonna be some kind of big thing when it comes to like Kang, uh, the Avengers Kang War or something with the Ten Rings yeah. or Secret Wars or one of those. And I'm just curious where they're going with this, kind of like they did with the Tesseract and the in the early Marvel stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And maybe it was uh, in She-Hulk when they have like Bruce Banner, like go off into space and like have some kind of adventure in space. Maybe that thing is some kind of adventure story that's going to show up in a future story. Yeah. So there's, I've got quite, I've got more questions around Kang, right? Or not Kang, uh, Shang, Shang, Shang-Chi than I do or anything else. It was a good movie. It was fun. I just feel that it was setting us up for more or something down the line at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to tell what exactly. And then it's weird, like, maybe it's somewhat of a trope, too, that they showed uh, when Shang-Chi, like this magic kingdom in another dimension where everything's yeah. happy and everyone's wonderful. And then there, everyone also, it's kind of like in Wakanda, too. Everyone's like a badass warrior at the same time. <laughs> well, you've also got, like you said, Wakanda. And you got Namor out there in the ocean. So, you know, like that's those are these mythical cities or worlds, like you've got the <laughs> Savage Lands. And oh, we saw the one uh in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the one setting that used to have a lot of mutants around it in the comics. What was it? What was the name of Madripoor or something like that? I can't remember oh, the name of this yeah, town. Yeah. So we're yeah. getting those fictional comic book cities, which is cool. Doom also lives in a fictional comic book country. So, <laughs> Dr. Doom, where are you at? <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like so curious to like go to break it down into the politics of it all. You know, what's the society like? You know, what's the economic relationships? You know, how's the government structured? Because the governments, they all the governments seem to be like, you know, monarchies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what's that say? What's going on there? I'm sure there's something we can take a fight there. It, it, let's we should start looking at some of those individual ones, like like Shang-Chi and stuff and like look and see what they're doing there and and some of these other ones with these fictional worlds and cities and towns I think that we should talk about those in future episodes um it would be a I I could definitely sit down and watch some of those movies again yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got yeah, anything else in, oh do well, I in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier going back to that like in addition to like Carly Morgenthau you know and and the Flag Smashers you also then have like Baron Zemo and like some people have compared Baron uh, Zemo that's in that show as well like as to Luthen from the Andor series. He's this kind of, you know, very kind of similar yeah. scheming guy. I want to point out also in that one is you got the tale of the other Captain America that came before, and you got some interesting stuff going there as Sam's taking on the mantle. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I'd like to, I think that one of the things that I'm that uh, that we haven't talked about is the Black Widow, and I love seeing the Red Guardian oh, and he seeing the commie superhero is kind of cool. I want them to lean into that and make him even cooler like that. 
but <laughs> oh and there's a big prison break in that movie too yes yes yeah. yes <laughs> that's always is. worthwhile from an anarchist perspective so there's some <laughs> there's some stuff in black widow that might we, we might be able to talk about um why did i bring that up there was a reason we were i was oh well i guess black widow was maybe one of the few movies that, yeah we didn't talk about so far with yeah Lisa. I, there's some things there that i'd definitely like to get into and, and point out and look at and say hey what are they doing here like he's got some kind of Karl marx tattooed on his knuckles oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. it's like okay we need to talk about this here what's going on yeah. anyhow do we have anything else we want to add to this episode today uh no. Oh, yeah. Well, just one thing. Uh, yeah, just looking at the history of it all, right? That 2020, there was no MCU anything that came out that year. And then they made up for it, thankfully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's all we have today. Uh, could you tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet? Yeah. I'm, uh, what does my uh, blog, uh, parenthesis I, and I is spelled E Y E, dot blogspot.com. And then uh, with social media, you can find me at parenthesis I at collectiva dot uh, was it social? <laughs> I think it's I dot know. social. I think it's yeah, dot yeah. Social. I'm new to collectiva, so <laughs> I'm still learning it all. Yeah. You can find me on the daily podcast Wobblies and Wizards through this channel. You can uh, I'm on I'm on Twitter and TikTok and other places at Logar Hale Crom and. Remember, everyone has their own rebellion. <laughs> <laughs>